Shomra Byug. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to On Shomra Byug. Welcome back to the tiny digital Shomra room. I'm the Michael of Michael and Benjamin's podcast, and I'm joined by the man whose voice you might recognize from the radio. It's Benjamin Colopy. Hello, it's me, Benjamin Colopy, voice of the radio. Very good. Benjamin, do you want to tell people what I mean there, or do, we, do you want me to do a new intro? <laughs> I wasn't really planning that. <laughs> I don't really care. It's too late now, Michael. You've, you've waded us into this mire. Uh, yeah, I made my Irish radio debut this week, Michael, on Dublin City FM, um, on a little poetry show called This Be The Verse. Um, oh, very good, Benjamin. Should the people listen to it? I mean, Thursdays at 7.30, if you've got nothing else on in the, in the evening, just flick it on there and have a little reflective think about your life in poetry. Oh, poetry, I hate it. Anyway, Benjamin, do you want to do the theme music for us? <laughs> yeah, I, I do it the exact same on the radio show, Michael. It goes a little something like this. <gasps> theme music for the podcast. We don't actually have any theme music. I got a text message there, Ben, just as you were doing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to take a bit of clever editing. Hold on, I better put my phone on silent. Do you want me to give you another one? No, no, no. Let's just do a free-form seat of the pants episode this week. Oh, this is going to be a jazz episode. Great. It's going to be, yeah, we're just going to jazz it. We're going to go. People love clicking on a podcast. Oh, I love it. A jazz episode. Benjamin, what's going on in this week's episode? You have the list this week. I do indeed, so you- Michael. We- we've been busy. We've been busy, busy boys. Um, there's been a couple of trailers, Michael, that we're going to have to talk about. Okay, well, that is mostly the nature of the podcast, so I think it's best if we do. I mean, we nailed it. Michael, this week, well, cast your yes. mind back, Michael. Okay. To a young Terry Hatcher. Terry Hatcher? Yeah, and a young Dean Kane. Oh, I'm with you now. All right. I'm with you. And, I know where you're going. And a risky little venture, whereupon we make a Superman show. Yeah. But it's not really about Superman. What's it about? It's more about Lois and Clark. Oh, well, that'll save on the special effects budget. It would indeed, Michael, and it'd make DC's most powerful character into a strange kind of drama. Um, Mm. And also, Michael, I'm fairly certain what happened when that show got greenlit is that one person stumbled upon the fact that Lewis and Clark found America and went, oh, let's make a show about that. That could be a good pun for Superman. Um, To which everybody in their cocaine-fueled 90s madness went, yeah, let's do that. Now, um, I don't think Lewis and Clark found America, Ben. I think you've gotten your history a bit mixed up there. No, white people tell me all the time that they found right. America and it was all them. Yeah, Lewis, Lewis and Clark found America. Okay, well, yeah, we'll stick with that. It was all them, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they, they sailed on the Pinto, the Picante. And, and the Santa Maria. Santa Maria, yeah. Yeah, and, and the, the Pablo Picasso. Pablo, they got all on those yeah. ships and Lewis and Clark went and they found America. That's exactly Yeah, and there happened. was nobody there and there was no bloodshed or wiping out of an indigenous people. And, you know, oh, it was grand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. grand. It was like a lovely time, actually. They grand, only found yeah. one woman. Um, her name was uh, Pocahontas. Yeah. And uh, she gave them a hand and it yeah. was all lovely. They were a mad sound to each other. They were just best friends. It's nice, Ben, that you've butchered the United States of America's origin story there as much as you often do comic book characters <laughs> on this very I, podcast. I, I do try to be consistent, Michael. Um, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, <clears throat> that's why I was very surprised. The show was relatively successful, I think, in the 90s. But that's why I was I very surprised it. to see that the CW has decided to take this uh, and make their own little Superman series called Superman and Lois, which seems to be centered around roughly the same concept. But the other way around. Is it Lois and Superman? No, it's Superman and Lois, but oh, the other good. one was Lois and Clark. It was. Now Terry Hatcher is not in the lead. No, she's um, not in it. I'm hoping for a cameo at some point. Uh, has she done a cameo? I think she's done a cameo in... 
Has she done a cameo in the super? Oh, she probably super has. Has she? I don't know. I don't know, Ben. I haven't. I don't watch them. Following it. I stopped following it a few years ago, Ben. I'm not yeah. sure. I don't watch the CW verse anymore. But Michael, mm. yes. tell me something now. We've both seen the trailer. Did it not whack of Man of Steel to you? There's a good belt of Man of Steel off it. Isn't there? There's a good whack of Man of Steel. I actually don't get any uh, Lois and Clark vibes from it, to be honest, because Lois and Clark was a young Superman and a young Lois starting off their careers in the newspaper and having wacky adventures and hijinks and falling in love. That's true. And that's nothing like this. This is Superman and Lois are Ma and Pa Kent. Yeah, because there's a young, there's the, the young Superboy. They've got two boys, Ben. They've got two little boys. Two strapping boys. But the two little boys, Ben, because they were on the planet of, of what it's called. What's that planet called, Ben? You know the one in the bottle? Kandar? Kandar. Oh, no, they're Kandar boys, are they? Yeah, and they were on Kandar. They had those two boys. And now they're big for some reason. I guess time moves differently in Kandar? I'm, I'm guessing. I'm guessing. It also, it looks a little weird because Tyler Hooklin. Who's Superman. Superman, yeah. Tyler Hooklin does not look old enough to have two strapping boys uh, no, but he's Superman. He doesn't age the same, Michael. Come on now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's come what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, come on now. Plot armor. Plot armor, yeah. Michael. <laughs> but, Ben, it is yeah. a fresh take on Superman, really, isn't it? Because it's... When have we ever seen Superman as a parent protecting his adult children or near adult children from his identity? Very true, Michael. We don't often get to see that. Quite often, the the I mean, the Superboy angle has been covered. There's Connor Kent in the comics now, and he's he is the legitimate son of Lois and Superman, and he tells him immediately to keep him safe. Um, but in this case, it's like, no, I'm, I'm not Superman. Definitely not. I'm not Superman. Oh, lads, I am Superman. I was Superman the whole time. And they're I like, you told you. us you weren't Superman. And he's like, ah, I was lying. I am Superman. Watch as I lift this tractor. <laughs> this hefty tractor and um, the lads are like oh he is Superman you know he was lying to us that's, that's actually um, the the Krypton accent that you've done there Michael very good it's yeah, that, yeah, it's that yeah. overemphasized incorrect syllable yeah um, you know, they're from Kandar they're from Kandar where they Superman. the tractor yes um, or is that Superman it's Superman um, yes. <laughs> I'm not sure how it works but Michael the thing I couldn't get away from is it's it's got the exact same kind of grading and vibe as Man of Steel and I think that's very ballsy for a film that wasn't that well received um, Man of Steel Ben is, uh, I mean it's it's the most divisive film of our times I would say oh, that's hefty but yeah okay I'll give you that because you know it's Man of Steel is the reason why there's a nerd war about whether the Snyder Cut is worth it or not. I, I, as you know, Michael, I am vehemently against the Snyder Cut, thinking that it's giving false hope to thousands for no reason. I read a thing, Ben, or maybe I had a dream, but I I think (laughs) I read a thing where the Snyder Cut is back to being a four-hour movie now instead of a miniseries. For fuck's sake. (laughs) I don't know if that's real or I had a dream. I might have had a dream. (laughs) You were there. We were on our spaceship. No, hold on. Oh, wait. I think it was a dream. Wait a bloody minute. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, Michael. It looked interesting to me. There's a big bloody grey villain in a suit of armour that we can't recognise. Yeah, well, I, I guess they're going to be Kandar or Krypton villains. Something like that. Oh, yeah. man, can you imagine if it's just Zod all over again? <laughs> if it was Michael Shannon, it'd be great. And a little bit I'd love that, Michael. Confusing. Would, would watch that. 10 yeah, out of yeah, 10 yeah. would watch. But on the other hand, Ben probably won't watch this. Uh, no, I, I have no investment in the CW verse, Michael. I don't. No, Ben, and as you know, I was one of its strongest exponents for a long time, and he, even I've drifted away from it. There's just too much of it to watch. Yeah, once upon a podcast, Michael, you were a vehement 
CW yeah, yeah. fan. I watched every single bloody episode of Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow. But uh, yeah, it, it got too much even for me to follow. Even for you. And you are a committed television watcher, Michael. Apparently I am, Benjamin. Yeah, you love a series. And but we'll you get love to that later. seeing it out to its conclusion, Michael. We'll get to that. Ben, I've finished all of Buffy and Angel. Did I oh, say that last congratulations, week? Michael. Yeah, no, I've done it. I've seen them all. It's great. Um, I have the therapy on the way to you. It'll get no, you it's by great. Wednesday. It's very good. It's very good. It's very excellent. Benjamin. Yeah. Was there any other trailers? <laughs> Michael, you and I both know that we love a Groundhog Day trope around here. We've done two whole episodes about it, Ben. We have, Michael, and it looks like we'll be doing another one not so distant. Oh, hooray! Um, because, Michael, we got the trailer for Boss Level this week, which is Mel Gibson's 15th attempt at a career relaunch. Yeah, uh, he's the baddie again. And it's 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 going to be an interesting one, Michael. Frank Grillo. Grillo. Your favourite and mine, Frankie Grills. Frankie Grills, um, yeah. also known as Crossbones in the L- MCU. Also known um, as playing this exact same character in the Purge sequels. Yeah, he's just a big old badass. Yeah. Um and he's he's our Groundhog Day victim, Michael. Mm. Um and he's a bit of a, a soldier mercenary type by the looks of yes. it. By the looks of things. And he keeps getting killed by a what can only be described, Michael, as a nineties themed quirky bunch of assassins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some Germans. Yeah. There's a sexy ninja lady. There's a there's a, a a short person. I'm not sure yeah. what the correct term is. No, well then just avoid it, Ben. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, there's going to be one of those. There's explosions. There's sassy back and forths before he dies. Yeah. There's, yeah. you know, there's all of that kind of thing. And it looks like Mel Gibson's just a big old dickhead. He's the prick. He's a big old prick. Benjamin. My, I, this looks great. First of all, as you know, Ben, I I love a time. Uh, hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Michael and Ben's podcast. Welcome back to the, the tiny room. I'm the Michael of Michael and Ben. As you know, Benjamin, I love a time jump. It's your favorite thing. One of my favorite confusions. My biggest problem with this is, though, the trailer has just flat out shown us the film. <laughs> Nobody has to go watch it. You don't have to go watch it because you like you know the tropes. You know how this type of story works, and mm. you've seen. You've seen the beats. Yeah. It, we know exactly how it's going to go. One of the interesting things, Michael, and, and <laughs> you you watched the trailer in front of me, so I kind of got a live Michael react <laughs> yes. to this. And you had the exact same reaction that I did at one point where you went, what the hell is she doing in this? <laughs> yes, what's Naomi Watts doing in this? Oscar winner, Naomi Watts. Yeah, did she get film. lost? <laughs> I think she always a favourite of Mel Gibson or something. I, it's I think a it's weird one, isn't it? Favor. It's a weird, out of nowhere casting choice. An Australian favour. <laughs> oh yeah, mate, you got to be in this film, mate. Oh, go on, mate. Go That's on. My, That's my Australian accent. Hugh Jackman's going to pop up at the end, looking very yeah. tired. Like Bloody he doesn't hell, want to be there. What a weird bit of casting. I know, but it's interesting, Michael. I'm going to watch it. I, I'm going to watch undoubtedly, it. Undoubtedly, Ben. Undoubtedly, am I, I'm going to see this. It's it's one of our favourite tropes, the old time jump and the old time loop. Yeah. It's got Frankie Grills in it, your favourite actor and mine, Frankie Grills. I don't suppose we're going to get to see this in the cinema, Michael. I wouldn't imagine so. It's probably going to come out as sort of a streaming service. It's going to be a VOD, is it? A VOD. Yeah. It's got your, uh, your favourite actor, Mel Gibson, in it. You and he are in many of the same clubs. Uh, yep, the racist club, the misogyny club, the yep. airing on the side of a little bit of anti-Semitism club. All those clubs, yeah. The Jesus had an awful hard time of it club. Yeah, you and Jim Caviezel. 
And the most important club of all, Michael, the Mayan Death Club Club. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Apocalypso. Yeah. Yeah, that's us. That's us. Yeah. Yeah, I like um, the look of it, Ben. I like the look of it, but the trailer has completely and utterly fucking ruined it. Which is a bit of a shame, Michael, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I would say if you're into the idea of a camp assassins based Groundhog Day, hmm. don't watch the trailer. Just take it that that's if that's enough of a thing to get you to pique your interest, that you'd like to watch Groundhog Day, but about assassins this time, don't watch the trailer because it gives too much away. Yeah, no, leave it. Leave it out. And also, Ben, what a weird choice to have the main character played by Frankie Grills end the trailer by saying, I could do this all day. What's that from again, Michael? Captain America says that. Oh, yeah. So they're kind of trying to play on the MCU thing. His arch nemesis, Captain America, says that. Yeah, I, I didn't get... Yeah, I didn't pick that up. But now that you say it, it's really weird. Weird, 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 weird. Anyway, Ben, speaking of time loops... Have you been keeping up to date with WandaVision? Oh, Michael, what a segue. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank among you. your best. Yeah, because um, she can rewind time, you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to see, we went to see, or we didn't go to see. We saw yeah, the WandaVision episode three, Michael. Uh, 24 minutes this time. Oh, it's getting bigger. It's getting bigger. Uh, now in Colour, which I enjoyed as the name of the episode. Big fan. Mm-hmm. Big fan. And it's a, a Brady Bunch parody, which we really should have spotted uh, yeah, last week. Yeah, the 70s is obviously a gap we have in our pop culture knowledge here, Ben. Yeah, because the Brady Bunch never really made it over here, sure didn't I don't know if it did, but yeah, Brady Bunch, Mary Tyler Moore show, those kind of things. Yeah. And once it started, it was obvious, like, this is a Brady Bunch. Yeah, the set, like from the opening credits, they do the little montage. They do yeah, the yeah. little boxes. Yeah, uh, with different events, we got to see Paul Bettany with a a, a rocking seventies haircut, which what you know, an excellent haircut! Him. The whole thing was worth it for that bin. Also, we got to see him in the kind of male tight shirt thing, and it turns out Paul Bettany's been hitting the gym, keeping it up. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's, he's, he's keeping trim keeping for a man trim. of almost fifty. Bin that's pretty good going. He was doing pretty well. Do you know he's married to Jennifer Connelly, Michael? Mind I do blown. know that. Yes, Mind I do know blown. that. I do know that. I, yeah, the, the, there's quite an age difference between the leads in this bin. A bit uh, old yeah, Hollywood, isn't it? She's what, 25, 26? Uh, he's 50? I'd, I'd have to look that up, Michael. I'm not sure. Yeah, but I think she might be a little bit older, Michael. All right. I'm, I'm going to look it up here while you no. spin your wheels. Uh, but Ben, my favourite thing was it's starting to come apart. Oh, big time. Oh, the whole time. thing's coming apart. And the scene, spoilers, obviously, we're doing spoilers for WandaVision, so go and watch it if you haven't seen it. It's only 24 minutes. Um, the scene where the babies have been born, Ben, and she's reflecting on her brother. Yeah, that didn't go well. Oh, <laughs> that was a bit of spice, wasn't it, Ben? Yeah, that, that that didn't go well at all. Poor Gabrielle. Is it Gabrielle? Uh, Is that her name? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, I've forgotten. Name? Geraldine. Ger- uh, it's something like that, yeah. It's Geraldine. Um, She was born in 1989, Michael, which makes her actually two years older than me. Oh, get out of here. Yeah, so she's actually 32. No, get out of here. That's older than I thought. Okay, that's yeah, less creepy. Me then. too. Me too. That's less creepy than I thought. That's fine then. Good, good that's man, grand. Paul Bettany. Good for them. Good for them. Good for Vision. Good Although for Vision his. is eight, isn't he? Technically. I mean, theoretically, yes. The age gap yeah, is yeah. still kind of creepy. Yeah, yeah. And he's dead. Yeah, that's that's the cuts are getting more interesting as well, Michael. Because in the the previous episode, we saw when when something went wrong with Wanda's kind of perfect world, she reversed it like a videotape. But in this one, it's just a recut. Yeah, it was great. And it just wasn't snaps it? back to to Vision being like, "This is wonderful, Wanda. This is and great. I'm Vision, and I'm British." I also enjoy the fact that Vision is kind of trapped like everybody else. 
Yeah, he's, um, he's, he's not he's not best pleased. I think he's like, I'm starting to think that something's going on here and it's not great. But I think that's the benefit of having an actor of Paul Bethany's caliber because he does a lot of rubber facing in this. Like he enjoys the fact that he's in a sitcom. Yeah. But like his stern moment of wonder, there's something wrong here. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh, it's starting to unravel. And I think, that's, again. I think that's the benefit of having two decent actors in the lead here where they're like. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, very good. Very good. Because Elizabeth Olsen also does a very good job that when things start falling apart, she's the Scarlet Witch we're familiar with. Yeah, she's fierce she, and domineering. She goes, back to and her, uh, she goes back to her Sokovian accent a little bit. Yeah, she sings the Sokovian lullaby. Well, yeah, but then as soon as things start going wrong and she's having the confrontation with Geraldine. Yes. She, she's doing her Sokovian accent, not her, well, we're in a sitcom voice. Yeah, so it's it's clever work, Michael. And I, my favourite thing about that is it rightly fucks off all those silly little news articles where they were like, oh, what happened to Scarlet Witch's accent? It's clearly part of the whole thing. Uh, it's part of the whole thing, you dumbass. So Let's settle down. Clickbait. I'll clickbait you. you. you I'll clickbait you. I'll clickbait um, you. You're quite good at clickbait. You're almost a master clickbaiter. Um, I would say I am a master clickbaiter. Yes, very um, good. A masturbator, um, in general, <laughs> Michael. Um, but yeah, uh, you've taken all the there. subtlety out of that joke, Ben. Yeah. You've taken, you've just drained it away. The subtlety. Yeah, that's what I'm good at, Michael. Yeah. Um, but anyway, one of the more interesting things that we get to see, Michael, is clearly people are being inserted into the fantasy to try and scope out yes. what's happening. Now, Ben, I'm trying not to spoil things for you, but do you know who Geraldine is? I don't actually. Is it Misty okay. Knight? No, Miss No, because Misty Knight was played by a different actress, Ben, in a different show. Oh, is she? Um, yes, she was in Luke Cage. You'll remember. Oh, she I got completely her, forgot she, about she that. She got Michael. her robot's arm. Remember, she got her robot's I arm. Completely forgot um, about that. She. Do you want me to spoil this for you? Because I don't know how you've managed to avoid this. Okay, go on. Spoil it for me, Michael. Spoil it for everybody else, though. Uh, no, they'll know because they've been looking at the casting because it oh, was right. announced to Geraldine. Geraldine's real identity was announced before we ever heard that she was going to be Geraldine. How did I miss this, Michael? I don't know, Ben, but she's playing Monica Rambeau. Oh. That's Monica, that's Monica Rambeau. What? Yeah, that's Monica Rambeau, Ben, best known in the comic books as Captain Marvel. What? Yeah, that's Mo- Ben. It's Monica Rambeau. She's I've said photon, it a couple of isn't times. She? That's that's her kind of well. She was name. no her original photon was one of her more recent names. She was oh. Captain Marvel originally. Then she was Pulsar. Then she was Miss Marvel. Then she was Photon. Then she was Lightbeam. Then she was Spectrum. She's she's all she's always struggled to find the name, but she's Monica Rambeau. Is that the same actress as was in? As the in the Captain Marvel movie when she was yeah. eight, yes. It's oh, the same sorry, that's the little girl. Ah, yeah. okay. Because sorry. Ben, you'll remember, you'll sorry. remember Captain Marvel was set in the eighties, sorry, the 90s. yeah, yeah. You it's her daughter, now. Ben. Yeah, thank you, thank you. It's her daughter. She was Maria Rambo. That's mental. I know. Yeah, that's part of the twist. So she's obviously an agent of Sword, which is the interstellar. Thing I don't. I don't think in this sword is the interstellar thing imagey in this. I think in this sword is going to be a kind of containment or a modern version of Shield or a oh. or a, a more oh. proactive version of Shield or something. I don't know. Or or the Shield that was born in the in the blip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who mm. knows? Mm. Delicious. I like it. 
Delicious, Ben. Nom, nom, nom. Delicious. I like it. Nom, 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 nom. It ends very well, Michael. It's just the right level of suspense. There was no real dramatic moment in, in that ending. She gets ejected from the tunnel and then we pull out and see all the things pull up. But there was yeah. no, how did it go, Agent Rambo? Uh, and yeah. We didn't get any of that. So that was good. It was good. I like yeah, it. It'd be, I like very it. good, Ben. Benjamin. The, the one my one complaint is it though the absolute fucking cheek of them with their twenty four <laughs> minute episodes and their mysteries just give me the whole series you bastards. My favorite thing about that I'm sick uh, of episode, it, ben. Michael, and I knew it'd be grinding your gears was the CGI stork. I know I like <laughs> that him. whole seventy like sequence was amazing. He was great. He was brilliant. I love that story. And he just wouldn't fuck off. She kept nope. trying to make him disappear. He's like, he's like I'm fucking red smoke out of my face. I'm not going to disappear. And of course, Ben, Ben, don't forget the listeners. I'm sure the listeners know that uh, Billy and uh, Tommy are Scarlet Witch and Vision's kids in the comics too. They are indeed, uh, Michael. They're Billy and Tommy are uh, Wiccan and Speed Speed from the Young Avengers. Mm, Delicious. Billy and Tommy. Um, I don't know if those kids are going to be permanent, Michael. I think we're going to have a tragic... Reversal, not real Wanda, you mentalist. Yeah, you absolute mentalist. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And we're we're still not sure whether Michael they're just containing the field around Wanda as she's manifested this, or Wanda's being kept in containment, or Wanda's doing it. No, I think I I for for me, Michael, my theory on it is Wanda is absolutely doing it. Um, but I don't know whether Shield has built this around her to contain mm-hmm. it from spreading out any further, mm. or whether she was placed in a prison and started manifesting it while she was in prison. I I get the feeling they're trying to get in, Ben. So I don't think it's... They've put it there. Benjamin, what do you think of Evan Peters? Uh, Hang on. The actor Evan Peters. You might remember him from playing Quicksilver in the Fox films. Oh, in the Fox films. Yes, Evan Peters. Yes, yes, yes. yes, He is cast in this, but we still don't know what role he's going to be playing. Who is he going to be? I have a feeling he's going to play the kids. Oh, he could be Speed. Or they're twins, so he could be both. Oh, I like that, Michael. I like that idea. Mm. That'd be a nice little wink, wouldn't it? That'd be a nice mm. little... Mm. Uh, Did you also see. notice, Ben, that Vision, for some reason, has super speed? Yeah, I haven't noticed any of this, Michael. Uh, Vision has super speed, Ben. He shouldn't have that, Michael. He should be flying. Yeah, who does have super speed, though, Ben? Bloody her quick bloody silver. dead brother. Her dead brother. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's going on, Ben? I have to say those those two intense moments where reality kind of reveals itself towards the end there. Uh, number one being, what did you say? And yeah, of so good. So so very, very good. But also where Catherine Han and um, the, the neighbor are like, mm. uh, have you noticed anything yeah. that she doesn't have a home? Yeah, and he's brilliant. like, hmm? What, what do you mean she doesn't have... And it... Very good, Michael. I'm British, you know. Very, I'm British, you know. Uh, very good, Michael. Yeah, very good, very good, very good. Num, 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 num. I can't wait for the next one, Ben. It's got me on tenter hooks. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if all the people in this world are previous attempts at plants. Mm. Are they um, victims? Are they victims? Are they... Are they caught in the crosshairs? Yeah. Who's Is this a real knows? town that Wanda's reshaping? It does seem to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Michael. So, fascinating, fascinating. Ben, the whole thing is going to live or die whether the reveal of the mystery box is worth it or not. No, Michael, I think I think the big thing that Do you know who I think it might be, Michael? And this is a this is a real shot in the dark here. Mephisto. You no. You know when we see Michael the bloody commercials with yeah. the man and the woman in between each thing. Yeah. I get a distinct whack of arcade 
off. It's not arcade, Ben. Get trailers. out of here. It's, it's not arcade. arcade. Don't be ridiculous. Benjamin, let's move on to our new segment. Go on. We're late to the party, Michael. <laughs> yeah, Ben, you've, you've decided to... Uh, did you come up with a theme tune for it? You said you were going to do a theme tune for it and everything. Please excuse us. We're just a little delayed. We wanted to be here, but... We were waiting to be paid. We're <laughs> late to the party, but we're here now. That was uh, that was surprisingly good, Ben, off the cuff. Well done. Yeah. Benjamin. Yeah. Speaking <clears throat> of people being late to the party and doing surprisingly good off the cuff theme tunes. <laughs> you know what I've been watching for the last couple of days? Go on. The Amazon Prime and sci-fi TV series, The Expanse. Me too. I started watching it over over Christmas. Bloody hell, Ben. It is excellent. It's so good. It's so good, Ben. It's everything I've ever wanted in a modern science fiction program. It's so good. It's, um, I can't believe I've missed this, Ben. Funnily enough... When season one came out, Ben, I watched the first 20 minutes and went, oh, this is a cyberpunk detective series and I don't care. But it's not, Michael. It's not. It's cyberpunk detective series. It's spaceship adventure. It's galactic mystery. It's hard science fiction, gravity boots. It's spy drama. It's everything. It's so good. Geopolitical thriller. Geopolitical thriller. It's got a bit of homeland in it. It's got a... Like one episode is a geopolitical, a super serious geopolitical thriller like Homeland, yeah. and then the next episode is a spaceship romp, like uh, like one of the better episodes of Star Trek. Oh, it's so good, Michael! It's so interesting on so many levels. Oh, it's a fucking revelation, Ben, that I haven't been watching this. So what I'm going to do now is blame all of the listeners and everyone who I know who's into science fiction and fantasy who has told me it's good for not telling me clearly enough that it was good. How bloody good it actually is. Yeah, how dare they, Ben? How dare they not tell me that if I haven't been watching sci-fi and Amazon Prime's The Expanse and I'm into spaceship shows, uh, shame on me. It's so good. It's. I would say, Ben, it is the best space science fiction space show in years uh, Michael the the realism of it the attention to detail of the it the attention to detail Ben is just spectacular yeah it, it's industrial sci-fi it's man in the future but not too far in the future yeah it's it, sci-fi isn't magic yet and I I I love te- sorry technology isn't magic yet and I love it I love it Michael uh, it's so good Um. I've been watching it with my good lady friend, Ben. Go on. And just out of pure smugness, I sometimes explain what's happening as it's happening. And the 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 concepts and the ideas and the handling of it are so realistic and so grounded. You can tell what's going on. Like yeah. the, the Martian, during the battle scene, the Martian ship uh, lo- uh, loaded up its rail guns. And I said, oh, rail guns. And then the next first, the next scene, someone said, power up the rail guns. But the rail guns were so obviously based on what real rail gun technology would look like in, in 300 years. If you have any knowledge of science fiction-y stuff, you're just going to go, oh, look, rail guns. <laughs> ooh, 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 a rail, rail gun. gun. They've got rail guns. One of my, my favourite things, Michael, is the space fights um, mm, on the ships mm. because they use submarine technology. Um, which to my brain just made sense. Um, mm. like the torpedoes are dropped from the hangar and then kind of launched 
as they leave the show. Oh, my God, I just love watching it. I'm just like, it's yeah. It's so good. It's so like good, this. Ben. It's so good. And the characters that end up on the spaceship together, what a motley bunch of weirdos. Do you know what my favourite part of that is, Michael, is you get to see that, that bond being rockily built. They're building that strong bond. We, we don't often get to see that. We got a hint of that, Michael, in, in things like Firefly, but they were always a, a great crew of lads who were, yeah. you know, the best buds. Um, this is very shakily built, and they mm. define their different archetypes so well. Amos mm. is great. Amos is the best character on television. Amos is great. Naomi is wonderful. There's Um, an episode towards the end of season one, Ben, and I'm not going to spoil too much, but they think they're about to be boarded. And Amos takes a gun and he goes and stands in front of the the airlock and holds the gun there for most of the episode. And everyone else is like, Amos, don't you shoot anyone who comes through here. We're not making this situation worse. And he's like, I'm going to shoot anyone who comes through here. (laughs) And they're all like, don't you fucking dare shoot them. And he's like, I will. If they come through, I'm going to shoot them. And they're all pointing guns at him. And he's like, you can point you, you can shoot me if you want. I'm still going to shoot shoot anyone who comes through here. (laughs) And then the situation is resolved through entirely separate means. And no one ever comes through the airlock. And as soon as he finds out, Amos just stops pointing the gun and goes, that worked out. And just goes back to his normal life. (laughs) He's a fucking psycho, Ben. One of my favorite things about that, Michael, um, is that very early on, we established that him and Naomi have a very strong relationship. And a strong bond. He does whatever she tells him in those first few episodes. But that slowly yeah. starts to wear as mm. um, as that goes on. And I think that's a very realistic depiction of how a relationship, if it's challenged enough, would change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because suddenly it's... she doesn't have instant control over him as a yeah, person. Yeah. And it begins to make more and more sense. And, of course, one of the highlights of it is the fact that you're in it. <laughs> Go on. I don't know where this you, is going. You play that Martian spy guy. Oh, screw you, Michael. <laughs> screw the guy with the you. eye. You're in it. You know, you're going around doing spy stuff and you're screw like, oh, you. taking photos with my eye. Screw you. I was just saying, Ben, look at the beard. Look at the hair. Yeah, you look ex- today, you look ex- you've got exactly that look going on. Yeah, we are very similar. Um, that's that's why it hurts so very, very much, Michael. <laughs> um, that's why it hurts so very, very much. Also... Uh, the yes. Madam Secretary in the UN parts on the planet. Fantastic. Hello, I'm the lady with the world's deepest voice. Yes, yeah, spy mistress extraordinaire. Like, I was We're just like, yeah. stop this war. It's the only thing that we do is stopping this war. She's great. I love her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whole she was show. in Homeland, so... um. Oh, well, that makes more sense, doesn't it? So that was probably what gave me very early Homeland vibes. But this is my favourite show on television, Ben. I'm sick of doing this podcast. I just want to finish up this podcast and go and watch more of The Expanse. (laughs) Rather than sitting here talking shit with you about sharks for some reason. It's your topic. Speaking of, Michael. Very good, Ben. I was feeding you a segue there. I wasn't really trying to start a fight. Speaking of, Michael. Yeah. You came to me months ago now. I'd imagine. And you were like, we should do a Shark Week. And I was like, oh, okay. Let's, let's I, was it me? Was it me who said that? <laughs> it was either you or Shane. Okay. Right. It wasn't me. I have no great right. love of sharks. Good, excellent. Um, if anything, I would go out of my way to avoid watching things with sharks in them because they give me genuine panic attacks. Oh, um, you have some sort of, you know what the technical name for shark, the fear of sharks is, Ben? Go on. Sharkophobia. That's not true. No, I've just made it up. Yeah. There is a name for the deep sea, Michael, fear of the deep sea, and it's tassilophobia, um, which is what sharks inspire in me. Um, I'm sure there's a word for fear of sharks. 
the the breaching scenes in all shark movies where they rise from the depths scare the living daylights out of me consistently. It doesn't matter how many times I've seen the movie, the action of watching a shark be a predator scares the shit out of me. Galliophobia, Ben. Galliophobia, there you go. I thought that was a fear of Italian astronomers. Yeah, or... Uh, uh... No, I can't think of anything better than that. It's the fear the of ship's kitchens. Yeah. Oh, yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very good. Galley, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, Michael, <clears throat> you found out last week that I had never seen the film Jaws. The the very, the seminal film Jaws, Ben. And I say seminal because it's full of semen. It's full of semen, Michael. Three yeah. intense semen towards the end there, as it turns out. So, Benjamin, did you, for the sake of this week's episode, watch the film Jaws, the 1979 film Jaws? I absolutely did, Michael. And Michael, what a fucking masterpiece. Well, Ben, you see, that's the reason that people will often say Jaws is, oh, it's 19, was it 1979? 1975, Jesus It's 75, it's old. 1975. WandaVision was on at the same time. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> the Brady Bunch. Benjamin, that's one of the reasons that people say Jaws is a masterpiece. Yeah, I can see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it birthed the genre. Michael, you know the way sometimes people say that about a film and then you go and watch it and you're so jaded as a result of having seen how inspirational that film is in other films that you kind of don't get it. And you kind of yeah, yeah, just yeah. go, eh, I, I can yeah, see yeah. why it would have been a big deal back then. But this film feckin' holds up outside of Bruce the actual shark. Michael Jaws is one of the best films ever made Ben Michael the tension constant non-stop tension Ben gross horrible tension it also made me realise Michael you know Ace Ace Ventura pet detective yes you know the scene where he interacts with a shark yes and he gets dragged around the pool that's a direct homage to Kirsty's death in the original Jaws which I never knew yes but Benjamin, I would say that Kersey's death in the original Jaws is a much more famous scene than that. Ace oh, absolutely, Michael. Scene. But it's just, you it's know. Just, yeah, that's a that's a product of your very specific age, Ben. Yeah, I was, Ace Ventura was very formative. Yeah, but Jaws, Ben, one of the greatest films of all time. Benjamin. Go on. Having just seen Jaws for the first time, did you enjoy the coronavirus denier That's parallels? exactly what I want to talk about on this. Because I, <laughs> I, I watched Jaws. And yeah. then I watched a little bit of analysis around it afterwards. And right. the funny thing is, a lot of those videos were made pre-coronavirus. So they're like, well, you have to, you know, extend your disbelief at all the shark denial. Because they'd actually really shut the town down. I was like, no, they fucking wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> no, they fucking wouldn't. <laughs> that we mayor, live in a country that, that literally wanted its tourist season and kept the borders open throughout yeah. the entire tourist season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Just mayor, to get a ben, few Americans in with some shekels to spend. Um, that mayor in Jaws is the most realistic character ever created. <laughs> And I think that's one of the best things about it, Michael, because now it holds up even better. Because yeah. that old criticism of if there was actually a crisis like that, they'd definitely do the right thing. Nope. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. There would Get be out. one guy who was like, do we really want to jeopardize tourism? I mean, is it really that big a deal? Yeah, it's just a little sharky wargy. It's just a little sharky wargy. We'll sort it out. Um, yeah, ridiculous, Michael, um, how accurate that that crisis denial was i really enjoyed that incredible event absolutely incredible yeah just so timely so apt michael possibly the best thing you've ever recommended me on this podcast 
Well, Benjamin, I don't really consider me having recommended Jaws as my recommendation because I didn't so much recommend Jaws as stare at you and select your disbelief when you told me you hadn't seen it. Fair. You, a man who makes internet videos about film criticism and film technique, having not seen the seminal film, and I say seminal because it's full of semen, Jaws. Um, Yeah, no, shame on me. Shame on me, Michael. If this podcast has achieved nothing, which arguably it has... Um, at least it has resulted in using the it film It always jaws. hurts when we actually recognise that. Yeah, yeah. It I don't mean this episode either, Ben. Bit. I don't yeah. mean this episode. I mean the, the entire You thing. mean the entire podcast. I know what yeah, you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, at least you've seen Jaws now because it's very, very good. And oh. Benjamin, when I say it birthed the genre, it birthed the genre, first of all, of blockbuster, of summer blockbuster popcorn films. Yeah. But also, Ben, it birthed the genre of Here Comes a Shark films. Yeah, and they, that took off. <laughs> that genre mm. really turned into a thing, Michael. I've had to watch quite a few of them this week. And I'll be honest, Michael, my hair turned a bit grey. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you don't watch sharks, Ben. You have shark a galleryophobia. Yeah, I, I genuinely do, Michael. I have an unreasonable, which is not a great thing for a lifeguard to have. Um, mm. But I, I have it, Michael. Um and I have actually swam with um, lemon sharks, the little adorable lemony shark fellas. Yeah, um, but they're just delicious little fellas. Don't worry about they're, them. They're nothing. They're pure nothing. But I have a supreme fear of great white sharks. Um, mm. So much so that I'm uncomfortable swimming in lakes for the fear that there might be a shark. Because once upon a time, Michael, when I was yeah. but a wee lad, I read yeah. about how tiger sharks sometimes yeah. swim into freshwater lakes through channels and they live there and i was like no now what i forgot to mention was that that's a once in a a, you know it's a very rare occurrence but does that stop me from freaking out anytime i'm in a lake no no there's no sharks in lakes now there are michael there are tiger sharks and they're all waiting to get me um and it's just just the worst I'm giving you my personal guarantee that there are no sharks in any lakes that you're going to. It's interesting that you think your personal guarantee means anything to me, um, right. given how many Comic-Cons you've made me attend and said, <laughs> it'll be fine. Um, it'll be grand. You'll enjoy yourself once you're there. You don't uh, usually. Uh, no, I don't actually, Michael. No, you're, you're usually um, pretty miserable. It's quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I went on from there, Michael, to take a look at Deep Blue Sea. Oh, Benjamin, I've watched Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> Starring one Thomas Jane. Thomas uh, Jane, Ben, from The Expanse. From The Expanse. <laughs> Thomas Playing Jane. a very different character. So interesting. Once you've recognised Thomas Jane, it's amazing how much he crops up in. After You're like, oh, there's... Is that Thomas? That is Thomas Jane. What's, Where's the Punisher Thomas Jane? What's he doing there? Although, Ben, to be fair to him, in this film, Thomas Jane does play Paul Walker. It's just Paul Walker. I, I'm guessing they couldn't get Paul Walker for whatever I don't think reason. Paul Walker was born yet. It oh, was 1999. Not. It was 1999, which is... Oh, what's that now, Michael? 22 years ago? Jesus. 22 years ago, Ben. That's a long time ago. Samuel L. Jackson's in it. Samuel L. Jackson is in it. Saffron Burroughs, Ben. That's how you know it's a 90s film. Because um, Saffron Burroughs is in it. I don't know who that is, but anyway. Um, She's the lead actress, Ben. Oh, is she? Yeah. Well, she didn't go very far, did she? She did. She's had quite a successful career. No, she hasn't. Um, she has. Stellan Skarsgård is in it. Stellan Skarsgård is in it, Ben. I was like, it's the MCU. It's Stellan the MCU. Skarsgård. It's early MCU. Yeah, he hasn't aged, Stellan Skarsgård. Nor has Samuel L. Jackson, let's be honest. Mm. The, the two of them. 
just doing great. They made a pact on the set of Deep Blue Sea to never <laughs> age together. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it also then has everybody's favourite Ladies Love Cool James. Yeah, it, it, very important. Very important to have an LL Cool J thing. Who inexplicably survives, Michael. Yeah, he shouldn't that's, have. That's interesting. Like, of all the characters to make it out... Mm. I'm not sure that's the one you wanted. I, I'm no, not yeah. sure that was the one you were rooting for. Yeah, the cook. Yeah. 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 Well, he was the funny comic relief, you see, so they kind of have to survive. Do they? Yeah, or else it's depressing. That's good, because if there's ever a shark movie with us in it, Michael, you'll make it out. Oh, that, that's a bit mean. You are the funny comic relief. No, I think I'd be the first to die. I'd be the Stellan Skarsgård. Because I'd be going, we shouldn't be having this shark. Ah, it's fucking bit me. It's it's fucking bit me. For the love of fuck, it's bit me. That scene, Michael, is amazing. Because you were lulled into a false sense of security. Yeah. By uh, Thomas Jane, who's just in there with it. He's like, oh, okay, big fella. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And you're so lulled into it. And they have their little moment of success where it's it's firing. The neurons are firing, which is not the way, um, which is not the way that scientific research is done. But anyway, um, and then Stan Sky's guy's like, I don't know, guys, this seems like a bad idea. And then boom, boom. Arms gone. Quite horrific. But also very common sense. Like, the shark doesn't, like, snap the bonds or, you know, explode or... He just moves quickly. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, there goes your hand. That's what you get for being a feckin' tit. Um, yeah, you shouldn't have been a big, bad, evil, doing a science research man. You probably could have been sounder. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then it's a big bloody mako shark. And then it gets a bit silly, Michael, because they get superpowers and they turn into super smart, vindictive hunting machines. Um, well, they already had them, Ben, because the it's, it's human folly. And Ben, the funny thing about this is there's two things, really. There's two interesting things about this. One is it's the it's the late 90s. Yeah. And in the late 90s, everything is because of illicit genetic mutation programs. It's a classic 90s thing. Dolly the Sheep inspired many. Everything's going on. It's like, you're not doing any bloody gene therapy on those sharks, are you? And they're like, no. Why would we do that? That would be dangerous. And then it turns out they were, Ben. That would be dangerous, unethical, and also probably pointless. (laughs) They've made big evil progress using illicit gene therapy. And that actually comes up in another one of the shark things we're going to talk about in a few minutes, Ben. Um, Which is a funny link between all of these shark things. The other interesting thing, probably the most interesting thing about this film, is the director, who wasn't Jan de Bont, but I always thought of as Jan de Bont, one. Um, I don't know why he just always struck me as that was one of his films it's Renny Harlan Ben they're the same thing I don't know any of those people Michael you've just said Dan a was of speed. he did Speed oh I know Speed yeah you know Speed and she had a Renny reason Harland. Sandra Bullock stop a bus yeah or don't stop a bus as the case may be or as the case may be um, uh, Renny Harlan is Cliffhanger Ben the film Cliffhanger oh I've got you hold That's on the one, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so amazing um what was it? Why was I saying that? Oh, yeah, yeah. So what he's done is he's taken the film Jaws. Go on. And he has seen the masterpiece of cinema that is Jaws and said, OK, Jaws is pretty good and people like it. But here's a couple of changes that I'm going to make to make it for the modern audience. Go on. And all of the changes he makes for the modern audience are the best things about Jaws. Yeah, he kind of just goes in and, and takes them out, Michael. <laughs> he takes the best things of Jaws out 
and then makes a movie from what's left. The suspense, the yeah. not seeing the shark so much. Exactly. And I mean, the not seeing the shark so much is uh, perhaps apocryphally, but I don't think so. I think it is true. Is one of the, the biggest urban legends in cinema. Or not biggest urban legends. The, one of the biggest legends of cinema. Go that on. they couldn't get the shark to work. They wanted to show the shark a lot more in Jaws. But it looked dumb and it kept breaking down. So they had to not show it. I don't think that's true, Michael. I think Steven Spielberg is a master cinema cinematographer and went, well, you know, leave it to the imagination for a good bit of the film and then... I don't know if it is, because remember, this was revolutionary at the time yeah. to not show the, the creature. But anyway, look, and... But John DeBond, not John DeBond, <laughs> Rennie Harlan, is on record as saying... I wanted it to be different from Jaws. I wanted you to see the sharks and understand their motivations. Spoken like, like oh. a true man who has never been in a deep blue sea with low vision. Yeah, you <laughs> have missed the point of shark films. <laughs> now we're just going to look at clips of real sharks interspersed with CG sharks, interspersed with physical... Uh, what are they called? Animatronic sharks. Animatronic sharks. And we're just going to see the sharks and the sharks are going to have thoughts and feelings and motivations. And they're not just going to be a terrifying, barely seen predator. Yeah, but they are, though. <laughs> but they in are terrifying. Films, but not, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Not, not, in, not in this one. No, not sir. Not in the film, my hat is like a shark's fin. I think watching the one where you know the shark starts throwing itself against the glass and Samuel L. Jackson is, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. And you're just like... Yeah, every time it fucks itself at the glass, not that scary. <laughs> Once you know what's going to happen, you're yeah, going yeah, like, yeah. well, this isn't going to go very well. But let's be honest, Ben. This film has survived the test of time and remained in the public consciousness for exactly oh, yeah. one reason. Oh. And that one reason is about halfway through the film where things are looking grim and Samuel L. Jackson's character, who's a businessman survivalist, is giving a speech... <laughs> about how they're going to get out of this situation. Yep, that's it. And he is suddenly and graphically bitten in half by a shark. Yep, just out of nowhere. <laughs> out of nowhere, Ben. And that is Jan Rennie Harlan's greatest contribution to cinema. For good or for ill. Not shark that films. Happens, cinema. That <laughs> happens all the time now in films. Yeah. Someone's making a heroic speech and rallying the troops. And right when you least expect it... Bam, eaten by a shark. Eaten by a shark, or a crocodile, or an alien. Or a crocodile, or an alien, a bus. A predator, bus, It could be train. anything, yeah. <laughs> and predatory So trains. many films, so many films have tried to recreate that single shining moment of genius in this film. Yeah, it's pretty good. You know how this film lost me though, Ben? Go on. They killed the pet. Yeah, you don't kill them. You don't do Never that. Never kill the pets. Never kill the pets. The pet should have made it out. LL Cool J shouldn't have. That's yeah. The way should it have works. been like, my hat is like a shark fin and then he should have just died. That was one of the exhausting parts at the end of that film where someone else dies and you're just like, oh, come on, they all made it. There's no need. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> There's yeah, no yeah. need. And then... Uh, There's lots of interesting trivia about that film, Ben. I watched it on Amazon and I don't know if you've ever used Amazon X-Ray. Oh, yeah. Watching- it's, yeah. it's an amazing, it's an amazing feature. Yeah, great. Like, uh, did you know a lot of it was filmed? They built that set on top of the underwater sets that were made for Titanic. No, I didn't know that, Michael. That film can only exist because Titanic had already made the set. That's fascinating. Isn't that fascinating? It's genuinely fascinating. It's quite fascinating. Yeah. 
Look at that. Yeah, what, what other sharks, Ben? Uh, so, Michael, I watched another one, uh, uh, a lot more recent here, Michael, um, mm-hmm. called The Shallows. Oh. And it's starring it's one with, uh, Blake Lively. Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga and and Bradley Cooper. Yeah, it's that one. Uh, and Lady Gaga plays a shark. She voices the shark. Yeah. And she falls in love with an alcoholic surfer. Yes, very good. And their relationship is very troubled because, obviously, she's a shark and... He's a thing. And the only place they can really be together um, is in the shallows, Michael, because... um, The sharks. Otherwise, the surfer will drown. Um, And if she comes up too high onto the beach, she'll land drown, which is definitely a real term. And you shouldn't look it up. Yeah, land drown. Yeah. And uh, that's where the famous song, Michael, comes from, In the Shallows. 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 She actually won an Oscar for it. Um, mm. Michael and uh, kind of made her acting career really um, of course Michael that's facetious we're big silly boys um, it's a film starring Blake Lively and a shark and that's it and that's it that's the film um, so Michael this is the one and the, the one I enjoy the most here Michael is this is the one that vexes actual marine biologists so much because they're like like the shark is fairly realistic Mm. In terms of how it's rendered and what it looks like, but then it does things that no shark would ever do. Um, yeah, it's vin- it's vindictive. So I suppose in the way that we look at, um, it's it's far more a, a kind of a children's animated shark that takes a bit of a a notion and doesn't like Blake Lively, and he's like, I'm yeah. gonna fucking eat you, no matter how long it takes. Um, Blake Lively marrying Ryan Reynolds. How dare you take Ryan off the market? Um, and that's his prime motivation, Michael, is that he uh, is that Blake Lively took Ryan Reynolds off the market. Mm. Um, and so it commits to hunting down this surfer um, who, quite frankly, is having a terrible time, Michael. It's a harrowing film. It's just, and I suppose all credit to Blake Lively, you feel exhausted by the end of it. Every time she tries something and you look at it, and you just go, ah, oh, oh, I can't believe it failed again. Poor Blake. Poor Blake. How is she, how is she going to get out of this? Because that shark is a right dickhead. <laughs> um, and I think one of the interesting things, Michael, is that, you know, watching it, it does all these things that a shark would never do. It goes through the old corals. Um, mm-hmm. It stops because of jellyfish. And I remember, again, I did a little bit of analysis on it, Michael, because the part that interests me in these films is, is it at all accurate? Is this something a shark would do? And the thing is... Jellyfish don't bother sharks all that much. It doesn't. It doesn't phase them. They have that special skin that they have. Eat them then. The little teeth skin um, that they have, and they can just kind of go through. It'll hurt a little bit, but it won't stop them from eating something they actually want to get. Um, and it's just this bizarre film where Blake Lively does well. Maybe if I do this, the shark won't come and get me. But guess what? Mm. It does. He will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe uh, and then they have like a Sherlock Holmes moment where she's like oh it doesn't like the jellyfish maybe if I swim into a bunch of jellyfish that I don't know are venomous or not it won't get me but it still tries to put then the jellyfish saver Ben it does have though the greatest bird pun of all time the joke that everyone in the world makes cool. and it's finally canon in a film when she names the seagull Stephen Seagull <laughs> oh, that's the end of the podcast ladies and gentlemen uh, that was my personal highlight. Uh, I'm, I'm glad something was a personal highlight for you. But yeah, I think that's a relatively harrowing one because it's like a big shark fear that people have that sharks are actually vindictive and evil when they're not mm. actually. They're just no, they're, predators. They're, they're too dumb, Ben. They don't have the cognitive capacity to They've be They've got evil. prehistoric unless, brains, Michael. Unless you use gross 90s genetic engineering science on them. 
uh, or or make a heroic speech because sharks have a very low tolerance for cheesiness. They um, do. But those those were smart sharks, Ben. You have to bear that in mind when you're talking about the film Deep Blue Sue by Jan de Bont, that they were smarter <laughs> sharks than, than normal sharks. Because they got evil 90s genetic engineering science in them. In them. And that's yeah. what that's what made them evil. Yeah. It truly was <laughs> genetic yeah. engineering and unethical manipulation of genes that killed the beast. Funnily um, enough, though, Ben, it's not every time that you put evil 90s wacky genetic signs into a shark that they turn out evil. Sometimes no, Michael. they turn out good. Go on. Now, there's your fucking segue for you, Ben. You work from that. Well, Michael, <laughs> I think what you're referring to is the Jawsome Street Sharks from the 1990s. Right, go on, go on, what's that? <laughs> so, a television network somewhere, Michael, saw that there were four lads that yep. had been transformed from an amphibious reptile species into an evil fighting force. Yeah. Um, by a wily old man who had his own mutation. And that yep. was called the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Michael. Yes, I've seen it. And one guy saw this and said, well, I could do that, but I'm going to give them motorbikes. And instead of swimming in the ocean, they're going to swim under concrete because they're right. sharks. Street um, sharks, though. They're street sharks, Michael. And that's what we got. We got the 1994 to 1996 television show, Street Sharks. Mm, delicious. I um, think you've just described the biker mice from Mars, though. I've described those as well, Michael, because it's the exact same plot. Yeah, so um, are the silver hawks. Uh, yeah, that too. It's, it's really any of, of the things. really any of the nineties. Here come three or four. The Battle Toads, Ben. Oh, the Battle Toads, Michael. Do you remember the Battle Toads? I don't. Here come um, three or four animals who are bros. <laughs> so we have our four bros with a strong bond. Yeah. Um, and they are Ripster, Jab, Streaks, and yeah. Big Slamu. Good. He sounds. Uh, he sounds like an islander. Now that's the interesting thing, Michael, is that he's not. You see, um, no, he's and, as white and as that's where be. he's a, he's a white boy. Um, the 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 actual human forms of the street sharks are identical. They're four oh, yeah. Ken dolls four on a bends. on a gurney, <laughs> um, four bends yeah. on a gurney, um, and they. <laughs> Man, you're really sticking it to my physical appearance today. <laughs> um, They're handsome boys, Ben. They're handsome boys. Four handsome Anyways, boys. The generic Ken doll boys are transformed into the street sharks. I think the best thing. Michael, about yeah. the Street Sharks is their theme tune. It's awful, Ben. So, so many puns, Michael. <laughs> it's awful. It's an awful theme tune. It's it's taking everything great about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Ben. So the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they just keep shouting Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles, Teenage... And then they tell you about the characters. But, Ben, let me tell you, I'll tell you this for nothing, Ben. The phrase... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a lot more musical than the phrase Street Sharks. It is. It has a Street lot more Sharks. Street Sharks. Street so, Sharks. Basically, Michael, what we see in this show is is the lads, the Street yeah, the Sharks, going up against various underwater hybrid monsters. Yeah, monstrosities. Um, and it's mental. Mental. Um, Michael and I suppose their lasting legacy is the likes of King Shark or something like that in the DC universe um, they were mad toys I used to have one of the toys I think I had um, I think I might have had Big Slamu actually yeah the uh, Islander yeah the Islander who wasn't an Islander and is probably yeah. very culturally appropriate mm. appropriate 
Um, but yeah, so I, I had him, and they were great toys, Michael. They were big chunky boys. Um, they had about three points of articulation. Yeah, <laughs> and you could make them chew stuff. Um, Two arms was, and one leg, which was great, Michael. Which was great. We loved it. Um, and uh, yeah, that was the the street sharks, Michael. But Michael, yes. Enough of this '90s nostalgia. Okay. And ethical manipulation. What if a prehistoric shark came back? Huh? What had happened then? Yeah, well, you would only hope that bloody Jason Stateman was around to sort it out. Yes, yeah, Statesman Jason, as he's yeah. commonly known in the, the House of Commons. Yeah, so Ben, I'm not going to lie to you. I watched the Meg on plus 75% speed. Just to get through it. Because I was like, I've seen this too recently. <laughs> and, you know, the Meg is, again, it's like... um. There's so many similarities to Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. An, an unethical deep sea research station. Um, you know, a businessman trying to save himself before worrying about the public. Ah, yeah. But you cannot get past the, the, the China thing with the Meg. It's Grand crazy. Bunch of lads. It's just, it's a, it's a China propaganda film. It's crazy how much of a China propaganda film it is. Yeah, the Chinese are great and will save the day eventually. But, you know, it does steal a lot of... Oh, I forgot to say about Deep Blue Sea, Ben. Go um, on. Do you remember the opening scene of Deep Blue Sea? There's Vaguely. Four, there's four people on a part having a party on a boat. Oh, they yeah. they fall in and they're attacked by the shark. And it's nearly a shot-for-shot remake of Kirsty. Is it Kirsty? her name is in Kirstie. Jaws? I think it's Kirsty. Okay. And it's nearly shot-for-shot remake of that. But then Thomas Jane shows up at the end and saves them from the shark. That's dead, Andy. And it's like, this isn't your Jaws. This is not going to be Jaws. Because we have Thomas Jane. And if, if Jaws was here, Thomas Jane would kick Jaws' ass. But he wouldn't, though. Because Jaws would fuck him up. No, he would. Because this nah, is Bruce Jan Bont, And he's like, I'm here and I'm going to make it. Forget about your parents' Jaws films. Because remember, Ben, when Deep Blue Sea came out, Jaws was only 24 years old. Yeah, it hadn't been that long since... Yeah, Jaws. It's Jaws was still probably the the seminal, very good, full of um, semen. Yeah, for the sea, uh, the seminal uh, shark film. Yeah, but um, the Meg has a couple of Jaws moments as well. Like, for example, um, it has the we caught the wrong shark moment, which classic. is a classic trope of of shark films. The tiger shark moment. Yeah, they got it. That's a, just a tiger shark. That's not a great white lad. That's too small. Yeah, that's too bloody um, small, lads. But in the Meg, they catch a Meg. Mm. But then it turns out that that wasn't the Meg. That was just a smaller Meg. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the Meg, Michael. So this you is all You haven't seen the film The Meg. I was the busy film- watching Jaws and Deep Blue Sea. I thought you saw the Meg when the Meg came out. In the Meg, they catch a Meg. But it's not okay. the Meg. So how and many Megs are there? There are two Megs in the film The Meg. So do Meg. Which, you know, yeah, which is, in, in my opinion, false advertising. It should have been called Megs. That would have been quite funny because then people would have gone to see a sorority girl romp in college. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Starring Jason Statham and Thomas Jane. Yeah, yeah Jason Stateman. So because because of this, they get to do a lot of like the the classic Jaws inspired moments. Like we've got the wrong shark and we think everything's fine and dandy. And then a bigger shark appears and eats the boat. Oh, no. You know, all the classics, all the Jaws classics, but it's no use because, Ben, would you imagine, Ben, that if you were a shark, imagine Blake Lively, for example, and you were being chased by a shark. 
Yeah. Would you, in your wildest dreams, ever think that the way to really finally resolve it is hand-to-hand combat? No. No, I don't think I'd ever look... I don't think any human being, when faced with a shark, Michael, has gone, I'll just throw down and that'll sort it. Well then, why would you cast Jason Statham? Well, that's his his primary role in life, Michael. That's how he gets his jobs. He beats up the recruiting agent. Yeah, good. Yeah. So does he actually try and throw down with a shark? No, he wins. Uh, okay, you're going to have to walk me through that, Michael, with spoilers. He, Sorry. So they get submarines, Ben. This research station. They've got submarines. One man submarines with missiles on them. Uh-huh. And they decide to try and kill the Meg. The bigger Meg. The second of the Meg. That's good of them, yeah. Yeah, and the Meg is attacking a tourist beach in China. Grand bunch of lads, the Chinese, just in case you were wondering. Yeah, they definitely have tourist beaches with no policing. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And the the research agency sends them in the ships. But the Meg beats the ships, Ben. So Jason Statham has to get out of the ship and engage in hand-to-hand combat with just a harpoon. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wins. No, but no, Michael, no, you can't. <laughs> he does, though. doesn't matter how big it is, Ben. He still wins. Uh, Michael, but it's very big, Michael. It's that, Well, one of the things about this film, Ben, is it's not that big. Oh, is it not? Like, no, it's realistically big. So you could take care of it with a quick nuclear strike. Nuclear? No, a, a missile would kill it. A helicopter would kill it with high-powered ro- rounds. It's so why don't they just do that? Yeah, I don't know. Like they they carry on like it's Godzilla. Yeah. Like if we don't stop this thing, the governments of the world won't know what to do. It's like it's thirty meters long, lads. It's not that big. Not that big, lads. We've got a torpedo about the same size. It. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So just um, ram a submarine into it. Yeah, just a big spot. Just get Jason Statham to kick its ass. Just give Jason Statham a harpoon there. Chuck him in. See what chuck happens. He'll do a high kick on it, and then he'll have an entirely sexist relationship with a Chinese woman. It's just very important that. to have that relationship, Michael, because as you and I both know, the Chinese yeah. are a grand bunch of lads. Grand bunch of lads, and very um, attractive on occasion, Michael. That's well. That's what this film has taught us. That's the moral of the story. Yeah, Jason yeah. Statesman and a harpoon equals sexy Chinese lady and yeah. no sharks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no use. Yeah. Don't watch it. It's no use. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. What horrifying creatures of the depth would you like to see covered on the podcast next? Um, what monstrous shark movies have we missed? What silly shark movies have we missed? What's your favorite Dom- Thomas Jane unexpected cameo? Um, let cameo, us know. Man. He's the star. So, huh? He's the star of Deep Blue Sea. He's the, uh, he's the lead actor. But he's still unexpected, Michael. I remember watching it and going, ah, Jesus, there's Thomas Jane. There's Thomas Jane. I, I actually genuinely think in my head thought it was Paul Walker before watching yeah. it again. Yeah, I forgot there was a blonde man in it. Um, yeah, I had the a only- distinct blonde man, but it was generic Hollywood blonde man in my head. Um, now, the only thing I remember about it was Samuel L. Jackson getting bitten in half by a shark. Ah, great moment. Great moment. What are your favourite Samuel L. Jackson's being bitten in half moments? Um, let us know in the following places ladies and gentlemen we are on the interwebs at www.shomrabeug.com s-e-o-m-r-a-b-e-a-g.com it kind of means tiny room in Irish it sort of kind of loosely means tiny room in Irish Um, we are also on the social meds at shomrabeug on the L Instagram s-e-o-m-r-a-b-e-a-g it still means tiny room yeah, it hasn't changed much. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you've been enjoying our lovely, lovely podcast and you'd like to give us now a boost for the new year, because the new year is nearly over now, Michael, because it's nearly February. It's nearly February. Um, and as you know, that's pretty much the end of the new year. Um, you can give us a review on whatever platform you enjoy this particular podcast on. It does help us out quite a bit. Uh, please join us next week, ladies and gentlemen, where we'll be taking a look at our best bottle episodes in television. Um oh. 
series history. We're going to have a look at that trope, why it's important, mainly for the budget. Um, but do let us know before it comes out, um, which bottle episodes are your favourites. That's it from us, ladies and gentlemen. I'm off to take a dip with a cut in a bloody shallow lake in the hopes that nothing gets me. Don't do that, Ben. You'll get streplococcus. Streplococcus. That sounds worse than sharks for some reason. It's Um, more likely. It's also more likely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it from us. Bye-bye. Mad is like a shark's fin.